What could be so bad that it warrants this warning? Be horribly afraid. Uh, think of the movies in which this kind of line might be uttered. What, what's happening in a movie for someone to say, be horribly afraid? Maybe a, a scientist is morphing into an insect or an alien monster is rampaging through a spaceship. What dread terror might have birthed the saying, be horribly afraid? Here's the Bible's answer. What could possibly make you say, be horribly afraid? The refusal of God's abundant grace. According to God, that is the horror of horrors. This striking imperative, be horribly afraid, occurs in the book that follows Isaiah, Jeremiah. And incredibly, this phrase, be horribly afraid, is addressed to the heavens. Jeremiah 2 from verse 10. Cross over to the, coasts, to the coasts of Kittim and look. Send to Kedar and observe closely. See if there's ever been anything like this. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. Be appalled at this. Be horribly afraid in the old uh, King James translation. Be horribly afraid, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, their own wells. Broken cisterns, broken wells that can hold no water. Here's the picture. When God's people exchange their glory, that is Christ, for foreign gods, it's a bit like walking past an overflowing fountain and instead sinking your shovel into dry ground. You forsake the living waters of the Spirit and you dig for mud. You exchange fullness of life for emptiness and death. And the Lord says, be appalled. Be horrified. I don't know what you consider to be a nightmare scenario, but this is God's nightmare scenario. He is appalled that his people would refuse the fountain of life that is his son and instead prefer broken systems, broken wells. How can we spurn Christ in favor of false saviors that will not satisfy? The Lord's question echoes against a desolate heaven. There can be no answer. The angels are appalled. They are horribly afraid. Here we have a profound definition of sin. I don't know how you would define sin, but at bottom, sin is not a failure to act or a failure to give or pray or perform. It's not about fundamentally, it's not fundamentally about doing wrong or even fundamentally about neglecting doing what's right. First and foremost, sin is a failure to receive. It is our refusal to drink from the fountain of living waters. Some refuse to drink from Christ and they, dri and they dig at the broken well of greed. Some slake their thirst with lust and some sink a murky well of moral self-righteousness. But the primary sin, the sin underlying every other sin, is the forsaking of Christ. And we see its horror when we realize that He is a fountain of living waters. 
The Lord's picture here is haunting. We are thirsty souls chasing satisfaction in all the wrong places. And when the wells run dry, we are left with a mouthful of mud. At those times, we may feel foolish enough to confess our stupidity, but Jeremiah 2 says we haven't yet come to the heart of the problem. Every evil we have ever committed has been twofold. We may end up hating our broken wells, but usually it's only because they've failed us and we feel foolish. Yet the first evil is to spurn the love of Jesus. We have despised His overflowing grace and we have prized ditch water instead of the Spirit. And yet, be astonished, O earth, He still offers living waters today. That is the kind of Lord He is. He continues to overflow for appalling sinners. In John chapter 4, the Lord Jesus stands by a well again and he speaks with a woman who figuratively has dug many broken cisterns in her life. She has gone through five marriages and she's on her sixth partner when Jesus meets her. She's a prime example of looking for love in all the wrong places. So how will the Lord of Jeremiah 2 approach her? Does he stand over her in judgment and make her horribly afraid? No, he stands with her. And he offers the living waters yet again. As you, hear, as you hear Christ's words to this woman, know that he makes the same offer to you today. Whatever broken wells you've been digging, where have you been looking for satisfaction? Where have you been looking for life? Where have you been looking for joy? Jesus comes to you and says, you've, you've committed a double sin. Not only have you gone after the wrong stuff, Jesus says, you've forsaken me. So return. And hear the words of the Lord Jesus again. As he speaks these words to the woman in John chapter 4, hear them as words to you today. John 4 verse 10. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living waters. Verse 13. Everyone who drinks the waters of this world will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life.